Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Harlow. Harlow's all-in-one freelancing software helps you manage and organize your day-to-day operations, get a full view of your clients, and get paid for the work you do, all from one intuitive dashboard. Founded by two former freelancers who know the ups and downs firsthand, Harlow is about more than just software. They're passionate about creating a supportive community for freelancers to grow and thrive. Harlow's launching soon, and if you sign up for the newsletter today, you'll get an access to a free month once the product goes live. Go to meetharlow.com slash subscribe to sign up now. That's M-E-E-T-H-A-R-L-O-W dot com slash subscribe. So this is not a topic that I have a lot of experience with, or any experience, actually. And it's a kind of unusual episode. So in this one, we're going to talk about how to handle childcare when you're a freelance writer and just kind of get into the question, can you really freelance and parent at the same time? And when we say that, we mean, can you do both well? Like, is there a reality where you can balance both of those things and not feel like you're failing at one or the other? So I don't personally have any children. I have pets, but they are pretty self-sufficient. So Emma, you have a young son. So I want to ask you questions about this because I know that you and I have talked about it. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are in this boat or maybe they're soon to be in this boat. And there's just a lot of question marks around like, how do I manage this? How do I balance both things? So my first question is, take us to the beginning. So take us to the early days when you found out you were pregnant or maybe like right after you had Julian, your son, what were the early days like for you of balancing your career and being a new mom? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So I think like it even starts before I got pregnant and thinking about my career that one of the things that was attractive to me about freelancing in general was sort of the control over my schedule and my life. And I knew that because I wanted to have a family one day, that flexibility might serve me well. Like I had a feeling that I always wanted to work. It wasn't sort of about like taking my foot off the gas with my career. It was more about having the flexibility to be able to, I don't know, like go to a school assembly in the middle of the day or something. It's not like I started my business because of that, but it was in the back of my mind before I had Jules and before I even got married. I just, I thought this kind of career could serve me very well into the future. So it was something that I was thinking about. And when I got pregnant, like, I think one of the things that came up for me was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have any paid leave. Like, what is that going to mean? Like, that's, I think in other countries, freelancers get some paid leave, but I didn't. And that was a little bit scary that I wasn't going to have the financial backing. At the same time, like I have, my husband has a more standard job. So he had good health insurance and made a decent enough salary that we could make it work while I was out. And I think one of the big question marks that came up for me when I was pregnant was like, what is work going to mean for me once I have a child? 
I was like, maybe I'm going to want to be a stay-at-home mom. I didn't think that was going to be the path, but it came into my head of like, I want to be open about what this is going to mean. Maybe I'm going to want to stay home with my son because I'm really going to want to be with him. and Or maybe I'm going to want to work full-time or maybe I'm going to want to work part-time. Like I just didn't know. And because I didn't know, I didn't look into that many childcare options while I was pregnant. And depending on where you live, that may be a necessity or not. Where I live, you basically need to get on a wait list for a daycare when you're pregnant. There's like serious wait lists for this. And so I looked at one daycare before when I was pregnant and I, it was, it was really scary. Like I was like, I can't imagine a kid. Like it wasn't a good daycare, but I was like, I can't imagine my kid here. It really scared me. And then I was like, I'm just going to figure it out once I have him. And then for me, once I had him, I mean, it was so wild. Like those newborn days, you're exhausted. Like you can't even, I couldn't even think about work. I know there are people that go back after two weeks or something. I didn't know how much of a leave I was going to take. I had him in July and I was like, I'm going to go back in January. That was my plan. But once he was like three or four months old and it was maybe October, November, I was like, I'm ready to go back. I need to go back. And I had, at that point, I hired a, a part-time nanny to give me some hours to come back to it. Mm -hmm. So when you had the nanny come in and you were kind of transitioning back into your business, I think one of the big fears that I have thought about and that I've heard other people think about too when it comes to freelancing is like, were you concerned that your clients would have forgotten about you or that because you took some time away and stepped away from the business, even though it was only three or four months, that the work had kind of dried up. What was your experience like with that? Yeah, I mean, I was terrified. I basically, like some people sort of get coverage for all of their clients while they're out. I had coverage for like one or two clients, but like I pretty much shut down the business because I didn't want to think about it at all. That depends on kind of the business that you run and where you are in your business. But I basically shut it down and I was terrified. Like I was terrified about making enough to cover the nanny, which was silly because my husband and I agreed that covering the nanny was like a joint cost. It wasn't like I was solely responsible for it. But I think women tend to put pressure on ourselves of like my the work, the career better justify paying for the childcare. And so I was like worried about that. I, I mean, and I was just worried, like, is anyone going to want to hire me again? And I kind of, I think my approach was I basically emailed all of my contacts and I was like, Hey, I just want you to know I'm back from maternity leave. I'm taking on a few projects before the end of the year. Let me know. And someone got back to me and they wanted, and, and the thing is, is like, I didn't have enough hours to do a lot of work. And in some ways that was kind of a relief. Like I was like, at this point, I'm going back, like, I really only need one or two clients to pick up the ball with me. Like, I don't need a ton right now because I was still sleep sleep deprived. Like, I was still trying to figure out what my new life was like. And so someone came back to me, and it's interesting, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I came back after that break, I, like, really was able to rededicate myself to the business. Like, with that first client after maternity leave, I was like, I'm going to go above and beyond for this client. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make the relationship good. I'm going to like do more than what I'm being paid to do. It was almost like starting out again. And then very quickly within, I want to say three to four months, I was like right back where I was before. Then COVID happened and I lost my childcare. That's like a whole other thing. But yeah, I lost my childcare. And like now I think some... 
this year, I was a full year kind of of half part-time childcare at the beginning. And then at the end, I had full-time childcare. And I'll, I think this year will be my best year ever. So like, that's to say like, this is all possible to, you know, it's like, I obviously came back. Right. Yeah. So the clients that you reached out to when you came back, were there like specific clients that you targeted because you like had a good workflow established with them and they were just really good clients and you knew that the work was like work that you were comfortable with? Because I think that's another thing too. Like people want to come back and then just like spray and pray and like, I'm going to reach out to everyone and whoever comes my way first, that's who I work with. Yeah. For me, I was pretty deliberate where I was like, I'm going to try and do some pretty straightforward projects for people because I don't have the brain space to try and take on something completely new. At that time, it was hard to do the case study work because I didn't have the same kind of time for interviews that I had now. So like, I was just sort of, yeah, I was deliberate about that. And I think I'm telling my story and hopefully people can gain something from it, but everybody's situation was is different with the types of clients they have, the number of kids they have, the their expectations, how much they enjoy being with their kids versus working, like what they, like everyone's situation is different, right? Like what their spouse does and how that influences it. Like some people are the breadwinner. Some people are totally joint. Some people have a spouse that is the breadwinner, right? Like it's always different. And part of why I wanted to talk about this on the episode is like, One of the things that I see that is like pervasive in talking about freelancing and parenting is like, oh, freelancing is this perfect job for like a stay-at-home parent who like their kid goes down for a nap and they can like write an article. And it's like, I just think that that kind of talk is like bad for parents because I think that it's so, so difficult to be a parent and be home with your kids and like raise kids. It's just like, that's a job in itself. And then to sort of pile on more expectations and to expect that people are going to be able to do that without childcare. Like, I think that expectation is like really unrealistic and like full disclosure to everyone I'm talking to now. Like I had five months without any childcare at all. I kept my business running during COVID and now I have full-time childcare. And it's like, I, now I look back and I'm like, I should have had full-time childcare from the beginning. And if we choose to have another child at some point, I'm going to have full-time care from the beginning. Like I just, I may be traumatized from COVID, but for my life, I'm like, I need the dedicated time to work. I know that what I make justifies the cost of doing childcare, even though, like I said, it's a joint expense. I have more confidence. Remember earlier in the conversation, I was like, maybe I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Now I'm like, I definitely don't want to. So I think I have more clarity about what I want. And I think it's one of those things that people sort of have to feel their way through. But at the same time, like advocating for childcare is really important when you're first getting started. I think there's a tendency to be like, I want every cent that I'm making to justify the cost of childcare, but you may need to pay for childcare before you get things going. And it is, it's like working during a kid's nap. I just like, I don't think that's like super realistic for most people. I don't think that we as parents need to do that to ourselves. That's my take on it. Other people, of course, like have different ideas about it. This kind of tees up my next question really nicely, because one of the things I hear people talking about in these conversations we have 
especially women, is that there's this whole identity issue that goes along with especially becoming a mom for the first time. Because before the baby, you are, you know, you're just yourself. You're this business owner, you have a good thing going, but then you have this whole new set of expectations and responsibilities and our societal expectations of what a a mother is supposed to be. So like, did you wrestle with those things? And like, how did you find a personal balance between like doing both of those things well? I mean, it's a struggle every day still, I would say. And I think that it's something that mothers especially uh, put a lot of pressure on themselves. Like working moms feel pressure that they don't spend enough time with their kids and they feel guilty about that. And then stay-at-home moms feel guilty about other stuff. I mean, I I can't speak for them, but they may feel guilty that they're not contributing financially or just that they're not, they should be able to have their house clean because they're at home with their kids. And it's like, that's unrealistic because like you have kids and they're like spraying their crap everywhere at all moments. Um, So I think, or it's like, you know, I should, I'm staying home with my kids. So I should be able to like get dinner on the table. And it's like, nah, like, I mean, raising kids is just impossible. But all that to say is like, I think that it's like a constant struggle for parents. I think the identity question, you're totally right. It's why people say like, when you have a second kid, it's like less of a shift because you don't, you're not like suddenly like I wasn't a mom and now I am a mom. You've sort of gone through that struggle. I think, yeah, like definitely I, I wrestled with it so much. Cause I was like, who do I want to be in this new landscape? And like, I tried on a bunch of different things. Like for a long time I did well, maybe not that long, but for a little while I did YouTube videos about parenting and motherhood, which I know you've seen, Kaylee. And I was like, do I want this to be sort of my approach or my take on motherhood? And I think now that my son is two and a half, I'm like, I need things outside of like mom's groups. And like, I need to preserve my sense of self at work, but also like even with my hobbies, like I am doing stand-up comedy now and it's like the least kid-friendly activity ever. And the people that I'm meeting doing it, the people that I'm meeting doing it are also like the least kid-friendly people ever. And like, I think that's actually like really important for me to preserve my sense of self and my like sense of like agency in the world. Yeah. I could see how it'd be easy to let that slip because you have this little person who's like looking to you for everything and it's just like a whole other to-do list that's now on your plate. It's like one more reason to put yourself last or like to put your work last or, you know, whatever it is, there's just so much more to, to juggle with that. And so let's move the calendar a little bit. So Jules is getting older now. Tell us about when he went into daycare for the first time and what that was like and how it changed things for you and like your day to day. That's a great question. So it revolutionized my whole life. And I, if anyone is listening and they're thinking about putting their kid into daycare and they're on the fence, like do it. (laughs) I mean, we had some concerns about COVID, which haven't totally evaporated. It seems like vaccines are out for, for some of the older kids and hopefully we'll be out for our younger kiddos soon. But like, I felt comfortable with our school. The staff is 100% vaccinated and our county has high vaccination rates. But that is a concern. That was a little bit of a concern for us. The first couple of weeks were hard. Like he cried when we dropped him off. Like it was hard, but it was like he started when he was two. And it was like for the first time in two years, like I had my life back. And it's sort of sad to me when I say that. Like that's amazing, right? But it's sort of sad to me when I say that because it means that I spent two years of my life like not 
having the things that I needed to feel whole. Like I wasn't really able to exercise. Like I had trouble doing some basic things like taking a shower. <laughs> like I know that this, it sounds like you're, and the people are probably like, where's your husband? And he helped as much as he could. He works extremely long hours. Like it made that it made it tough for him to contribute as much as he would have liked or I would have liked him to. And like COVID made so much more fall on me. But all that to say, like he went to daycare and it was like, it's really funny because we signed him up for four days a week. And then we were like, why don't we just add that fifth morning? And then we were like, nah, let's let's add like the entire fifth day. And like I, he's there like full time. I work not quite full time, but I'm able to use that extra time that he's there to like go grocery shopping or work on some of my comedy material or like meet up with a friend for coffee or like do some of these things that like fill my cup. And I believe that that makes me a better parent to him. And I'm not trying, like, I mean, some parents listening to this might be like, wow, that lady spends no time with her kid. And I assure you, like all of COVID, it was me and him forever. And I, I love him. <laughs> I love him to death. It's just that I know that there's some things as a parent that I'm not good at, such as like organizing activities and doing all of the cutesy kinetic sand and rice sensory bins. Like I'm crappy at it. Like he needs to go to preschool. Like his, and the other thing I'd say is like, he's went at two within two weeks, he came home and he was like saying his ABCs and he was counting to 10. And I was like, I never even thought to try to get him to count to 10. I was like, three, we count to three. And then we, you know, one, two, three, go. Like that's as far as I even thought. And it's like at preschool, they just count to 10 every day when they're doing jumping jacks or something. And so like, it's been so good for him too. Like I'm talking about it through the lens of how it's been for me, but it's been amazing for him. He's blossomed. He had a speech delay and then he went to preschool and he just got a speech eval. He doesn't need speech therapy anymore. Like these are like really amazing things. So I think- I mean, that isn't exactly about the freelancing part of it, but I do think this episode is a bit of a bigger conversation about like what it means to have children and then do this line of work and take care of yourself and all of that. Yeah, I like that. And I think, yeah, it's not just about the conversation we set up was like, how do you do both well? And so you want to make sure that he's happy and adjusting well to that new environment. And it's not just like, hey, I'm dropping him off and I'll be back to pick you up at the end of the day. And like, I don't really know what happens while he's gone. It's like good things are happening as a result. So I think that that's important to talk about too. And then there's a whole socialization aspect too. I mean, yeah, it's great to to be the two of you at home, but I think that that interaction with other kids his age is probably really important too, especially developmentally and all those things. That gets increasingly important as they get older too. I think I want to go back to your point about like how you do both well. And I think that's where I'm like, you got to ask for help because I think if it's just you trying to freelance and you're like trying to get some writing work during naps or late at night after they go to bed or early in the morning before they get up, like you can sort of do that, but that's a way to burn the candle at both ends. Like I think, like I did that for the five months of COVID. So I worked without childcare. It was really difficult. At one point, my husband and and I were like, maybe I should just stop working. Like, this is insane. Like, maybe I should stop working. And then we kind of realized like, no, no, no. This is like how women get pushed out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fair. He started picking up more slack in terms of giving me swapping. We, we swapped childcare during the day, but it was still like, it was just like, that wasn't a good way to live. Um, and I think that's kind of why I'm like, you got to get help. I don't think that we should expect ourselves to be able to work 
and parent at the same time. Like, I don't think it's good for us at work. I don't think we can be good parents that way. Like, that's how you start, like, putting your kid in front of the TV because you're like, I just need a minute to get something done. And that's not like, I mean, a little TV is fine. I'm not anti-television for kids. It's just like, that's not really the kind of parent that I want to be. And I don't think most people want to be that kind of parent. And maybe some other people are way better at the balance than me. But like, I keep a pretty full life of lots of the things that I like to do both for myself and as a family in order to sort of keep up that cadence. Like I, I just couldn't do both. Yeah. Maybe if I was 20. I I think it's interesting too, because you're working from home. And so your your husband's going into an office and he physically is not able to like be there and watch your son, whereas you are around. So there is this like maybe unspoken expectation of like, well, you're there. You know, that's something I think about a lot with myself. If one day we do end up having a kid, it's like, well, you're home. Like, can't you just watch them? Yeah, that's totally a thing. So my husband began working from home with COVID. But before that, like, yeah, that was totally a thing where it's like, it fell to me just because of the physical proximity. And I think it's actually like when you're thinking about nanny versus daycare and, you know, when they're little, it's nice to have a nanny because you're a little nervous about how having them close to you and stuff. But best thing about daycare is that like you're there somewhere else and you can swap the pickup and drop off with your spouse if you have one. And yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think those are conversations that need to be had ideally before you have a kid. But sometimes, like I said, I didn't know, like I was like, maybe I'm going to want to be home with the kid. And like, I think the trap that you have to be careful of is this, like, I'm the flexible one. So I'm going to pick up the slack and like being very clear about like how much slack you're willing to pick up. And I think maybe this is helpful to to some listeners. Like I feel like when we sent our son to daycare, my husband didn't really care either way because if the nanny couldn't come or something, I was the flexible one who picked up the slack. So like my husband was getting childcare whether the nanny showed mm-hmm. up or not. And I have really had to sit down with him and say like, hey, He's going to preschool when he turns two. This is non-negotiable. Like, this is the best thing for him, for me, for our marriage. And he was, my husband was more nervous about it because of COVID. But within like a week of Jules being there, he was like, oh yeah, you were 100% right. Which, yes, yay me. I was 100% right. But it was like, (laughs) that wasn't something, because sometimes I hear that they're like, oh, I don't know if, if my spouse will go for like sending them when I'm home and I'm flexible. And it's like, you have to be the one to really like decide what you need and advocate for that. Because when you're the flexible one, it's really easy to just be like, well, I'm the flexible one. Well, I'm the flexible one. Like, Right. It's so easy to accommodate. Yeah. Like what I've told people is like flexibility is like really a double-edged sword. Like it's amazing to be flexible because I can be there. Right. That's amazing. But then the other part is that it means that a lot of stuff can get pushed aside because I, I'm the one who can be there. And I mean, the other thing that I've told people about like working part-time, which now I'm working full-time, but I worked part-time for basically the first year of my son's life was that I felt like people are like part-time. It's the ideal. You're working and you have a career and you get to spend time with your kid. And the way I saw it, and I know this is a glass half empty view, but I would remind people and I was like, yeah, it's the best of both worlds, but it's also the worst of both worlds because it's like, I have the flexibility, but I also like have to work. Like it just, it's not as straightforward as like, oh, you work part-time. That must be a much better deal. It's like when you work part-time, it's harder to justify like getting more childcare or 
I don't know. I just, even the scheduling of like being on and off and the context switching in your brain is challenging. I have heard advice, this is for listeners, that if you have a nanny or you are sending your child to daycare, if you can, it's best to send them in consecutive days. So rather than doing like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's better to send them like Wednesday through Friday so that you um, have like dedicated days in a row to work. That's not always possible with schedules, but it is like food for thought that like you sort of get into the mode and you can sort of sit there and, and think about it. And then when you're off, you, you are more off as opposed to off, on, off, on, off, on. Yeah. I think it's really interesting what you said earlier about getting back into like your hobbies and things that are important to you and not just kind of dissolving into this new role of, of being a mom and like that's your primary focus. Because I think for me, like that's probably my biggest fear with motherhood is like there will not be any space left for me, right? I'll be a wife and I'll be a mom and like where do I fit into that? I don't know. So to wrap things up, what is a closing piece of advice you have for people who are also wrestling with that, being on the other side. Yeah. So I heard this quote from Gretchen Rubin once, who you know, you and I are a fan of Kaylee. She said something like, I don't know if she heard the advice from someone else, but I remember that she said, the most reassuring thing that I've realized through all the big changes in my life is that no matter what I've done, like having a kid or getting married on the other side, I'm still me. And I think that that really stuck with me because that's, I felt like having a kid was going to change me. And it's like, it did change my life and how my life worked, but it doesn't change who I am as a person. Like not to get too woo woo about it, but like, it didn't change who I am in my soul. It didn't change what I thought was funny. It didn't change like the people that I like. It didn't change me at my core. And I think that is something like Kaylee for you. And you're, if you're thinking about doing it at, at any point in the future, that like, you will still be you. And because of that, you can have some confidence that you will advocate for what you need, that you will find yourself in it again. It's definitely a big change, but I think that there's some comfort in knowing that you'll still be yourself on the other side and it's not going to sort of warp everything about you. Like you won't suddenly just become a wife and mother. You're still Kaylee or, you know, for me, I'm still Emma. And it's taken me time to figure out how to sort of make the time and space for the things I love. But all along the way, I think you and I probably talked when I was on maternity leave and you're like, yes, same old Emma, right? I mean, there, there's something in that, that I think, I think like even staying connected to your friends that knew you before, it was, keeps you grounded and makes you feel really anchored too. I like that. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com. Yeah.